you know, he really showed his strength and, and he was always a very kind and thoughtful person. But within his illness, you know, I became sick for a couple of days and I really felt my own irritation rise up. We know that grief um, is very connected to anger, irritability. I mean, we can even say rage. But Willis didn't display any of that. And when I showed my own gratitude to him being such a good patient, he said, I made a choice. And I am a choice. Um, advocate, you know, within all of the work that I do, you know, and we do make a choice and sticking with those choices and our ontology for embodying that is something pretty remarkable when you are going through not only the loss of your own life, but um, being able to maintain that sense of inner peace and calm um, as you are engaging with other people. And so I just saw his personal strength as a remarkable part of himself. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I want to thank you for joining me for this interview with Adele Anderson. It is a fantastic and heartbreaking interview, and I'm just so incredibly grateful that Adele is sharing her story with us on the podcast today. Adele is a life and death coach, celebrating all aspects of living and dying and helping grieving families find grace, grounding, and growth. She is an expert in neuro-linguistics programming, or NLP, and also teaches and trains others to use this incredibly effective coaching method. In June of 2021, she lost her husband of 30 years. Willis approached his journey with cancer with grace, gratitude, and kindness, and Adele shares the many lessons that she learned during that last year that they had together. Adele has a way of using her words to share her experiences and her growth with us in a way that I know will support many of us that are listening. There are so many people experiencing grief right now in so many different ways. And so I encourage you to listen in to what Adele shares today because the lessons are just absolutely wonderful and so needed right now. And for those who've been around the podcast for a while, you might remember that Adele shared her story of her near-death experience on a previous episode of the podcast. The link to that episode, as well as our YouTube video, can be found in the show notes. This is one you'll want to share with someone in your life who is going through a difficult time and is grieving. May Adele's word bring them comfort during these difficult times. And if you'd like to connect with Adele after this episode, all the links can be found in the show notes, and she does offer a complimentary rainbow energy session. Please welcome back Adele Anderson. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming back Adele Anderson. Hi, Adele. Hello, Julie. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're back. And you have been through a lot since you were last on the podcast. So just to bring 
everyone up to speed because they may or may not have heard your podcast because it was in my first year of the podcast where you shared your really incredible near-death experience after a small plane crash. And what I'm going to do is because we're not going to spend a lot of time there on this podcast, I'm going to share the link in the show notes. I'm also going to share the link to the YouTube video because the video of us doing our interview um, has been very popular on YouTube because it, it is such an incredibly powerful story. So that is still to this day, my, you know, best performing YouTube video, because it's a topic that people find obviously very interesting, which has led to some of the work that you're doing now. So just to reintroduce Adele, where she is now. So she is a life and death coach, uh, celebrating all aspects of living and dying and helping grieving families find grace, grounding and growth. Now, um, Adele lost her husband of 30 years in June of 2021. And we're recording this in, you know, just the end of March, 2022. So still very new and, and fresh and in the process. And so first Adele, I just want to say, I am sorry for your loss. And I also want to give you space for where you are right now. And also say, thank you for your bravery, for taking your experience as you're going through it and giving back to others at the same time. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's a a passionate journey for me. um, And I've found grounding in helping other people traverse and heal themselves through these types of catastrophic losses. Yeah, it is. You know, it's an interesting time we're in, right? It's an interesting time for loss. Yes. Um, A lot of loss, not only of life, but so many losses in so many ways, grief showing up in so many ways. And, you know, one of the themes that I talk about a lot in my work around gratitude is that gratitude and grief can live in the same house. And so when you spoke to me and said, you know, Julie, I really would love for us to have another conversation around this. I was like, absolutely. I want to bring this conversation back to the table, back into the podcast, because right now, so many of my listeners may, even if it's not a loss of life, there's grief going on. So tell me a little bit about, you know, where, that has been a part of this journey over the past, not even a year for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we entered that period of separation from everyone. So we were more limited with the amount of people that could gather, Um, even planning his celebration of life. You know, it was in the summer, but it was the only day I think in three months that it rained, poured, (laughs) but we were prepared. But within that, you know, there You know, I I say that Willis and I had probably the best year of our 30-year marriage. He decided, he made a choice when he got sick and he knew that he was going to die, that he would do it with grace and with gratitude. And he never said an unkind word. We had super deep conversations about topics we had never had before. And, you know, I always say um, it was a year worth dying for. Oh, that, okay. 
Just give me a moment there. That's Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he, I didn't, I didn't know how much he wanted to get into the, you know, how he died and stuff. So just, um, he had a terminal illness and he kind of knew there was a limited amount of time. Is that what happened? Yeah. He ended up being diagnosed with cancer yeah. and it was, you know, it's one of the worst cancers that you can get pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And even though they said that he was a prime candidate for survival, things went wrong on the medical side. And which ended up delaying his treatment until his body became too ravaged to survive yeah. the the chemo, the <laughs> the cure killed him, put it that way. Yeah. But um, you know, he really showed his strength and and he was always a very kind and thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. But within his illness, you know, I became sick for a couple of days and I really felt my own irritation rise up. We know that grief um, is very connected to anger, irritability. I mean, you can even say rage, but Willis didn't display any of that. And when I showed my own gratitude to him being such a good patient, he said, I made a choice and I am a choice um, advocate, you know, within all of the work that I do, you know, and we do make a choice and sticking with those choices and our ontology for embodying that is something pretty remarkable when you are going through not only the loss of your own life, but um, being able to maintain that sense of inner peace and calm um, as you are engaging with other people. And so I just saw his personal strength as a remarkable part of himself. When you say choice, I mean, choice has become a very, almost like a, can be a polarizing word in our Mm -hmm. world today, right? People feeling like they don't have choices or their choices are being taken away from them. Yeah. And this coming back to this decision of the personal choice to how he reacted in that situation. I mean, it is an incredible gift and, you know, you've been a coach and I know you're a a real uh, expert in NLP neuralistic programming. Is that correct? Neurolinguistics program. Neurolinguistics program. I don't want to say it incorrectly because that was a, it's interesting. That was one of the questions that I would get a lot on our video was like, what does NLP stand for? So yeah. just wanted to clear that up right from the beginning. So you can't, you know, you come into this situation with, you come into this situation as you with all that you bring to it and all your background and the way the brain works and the way our language works and the way you coach people. And then your husband shows up in his way as well. And with different choices. And like you said, in that moment, when you got sick and you felt that anger and the irritability almost right away, and yet he never displayed that for an entire year. So, you know, you are doing very different coaching. Now you are connecting with people in a different way. And is that specifically connected to the experience you went through in that year? How do you think that your work has evolved? Mm-hmm. Well, from my earlier podcast, you knew that I had a near-death experience. And even, even though I wasn't pronounced dead at the scene, if you look at the criteria and the common themes with near, near-death experiences, I had nine out of 10 out of them. And so I really believe that it was a near-death experience. I had a choice to come back into my body and I made that choice. 
So I believe that there was something beyond this life. And I did interview a lot of people that had had near-death experience um, in that 30-year period. But then when Willis died, all of that came into question. So, you know, our belief systems, even though we we think we have a foundation, sometimes they can be shattered by these, these deeply emotional experiences. So it didn't actually help me through the grief process. And I found that I had many tools to help myself, you know, through my coaching tools and, and particularly through neurolinguistics programming, the ability to desensitize, desensitize emotion and, um, you know, rise out of the pain. But I felt my soul was broken. And um, I always say that grief is a body, mind and soul recovery. And I just got someone's my, my sister-in-law sent me a little um, thing on Facebook Messenger that, today that said, we don't, um, we don't overcome grief, we just learn to swim in the in the ocean, like it's so many people say, I feel like I'm drowning. So it comes back to my plane crash, which is quite funny. And, um, and then I always say, well, these are the tools that are going to allow you to just come up and take a breath and stop feeling like you're drowning. But this, these are the aspects of it. You know, people want us to move on because it's uncomfortable for them to see us suffer. <laughs> and yet we don't move on. We grow within it. And part of what I do, of course, is shift my signature language. And of course, the first thing that that came from being um, the wife of someone who died was that I became a widow. And I said, well, I'm going to shift that because that comes with a whole income, um, like a whole bag of tricks. Right? <laughs> and so now I say I'm a wife of an angel. And that just shifts how I feel about um, my connection with Willis, and it's not lost. It took me connecting on a spiritual level. And I, um, you know, I cannot be grateful enough for the spiritual journey that I deepened through the process of losing my husband. I feel more connected to the universe. I feel more connected to life. I feel more joy from that. And I definitely feel grateful that even the grief process has become rocket fuel for my personal growth. I feel like I'm not the same person anymore, but that doesn't mean I'm not whole. I'm very whole and complete and feel, um, you know, body, mind, and soul wholeness. There's a lot you shared. And so I'm going to pause for a moment and, you know, gather my own thoughts a little bit. This, it's so interesting to me. I find that, you know, when those of us who, I mean, there are the ways that we show up in the world is the way that we show up in the world. And when you've made a decision from a young age or whatever it is, or whatever time you make the decision to, to that personal growth is a part of your journey, that the continuing of growth is a part of your journey. It does, it colors the perspective of how different experiences affect you. And when you said, you know, that there is still, I mean, there is still this idea that we're supposed to get over grief like that. It's so interesting. Cause that's just not, I don't know anybody who got over grief. Like you never forget someone you lost. I mean, I, in high school, I had a friend who, you know, took her own life. I still think about that friend. You know, 
I'm not in it. I'm not there, but that person still like comes into my mind every once in a while. It's not like I got over losing that friend. I just, I carry a little piece of that with me for the rest of my life. I'm not drowning in it. And, but I'm, I'm able to just, it's part of a little part of who I am. And so I always find that very interesting when that comes up of this, oh, just get over it. I just, and I will say, I speak from a place of privilege of having yet to lose someone very close to me. So that is a place of privilege. So my experience in that grief of losing someone close in that way, I have not experienced yet. I will. We all will. And it it will be a shock. Because I had many girlfriends that had lost their husbands or, you know, had tragedy in their lives. Been a long time since it had happened to me, you know, my grandparents, but that was decades before. And so I'd overcome that. Um, But I had no, I had no realization of the depth of what grief is when you lose a significant part of your life. And losing a partner is everything changes. It's like I was pulling two plates out for dinner for three months Mm. after he had gone. And, you know, these habits that you have of just living with someone. But what I wanted to do is just go back a few few steps there. Mm. Because when we talk about getting over or, you know, think of any emotion as just trapped energy. The same as, um, you know, everything on the planet is energy. So our thoughts and our emotions are also energy. And so this is how we can relieve them. And and this is like removing the label. But I just want to caution, you know, like you had um, an experience of losing a friend and, you know, a little, she, she has a little part within your heart. And that's different than someone who doesn't shift or release that grief energy. If we think of energy similar to a physical ailment, there is a chronicity that can happen. So if we leave our emotion of grief unchecked for, say, two months, um, it becomes a mindset. And if we allow that energy of grief to be a mindset for four months, which is the chronic months period of a, of a physical illness, it can become a personality trait. And this is where we have witnessed within probably everybody within um, a group of friends and family or someone that you know, or know of, that never got over something. And when I say never got over it, it's getting over the pain of the emotion the physical um, pain, anxiety, emotional entanglement to that deep loss. And that's where it's so important for us to understand that um, grief is not a lifestyle. (laughs) We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep 
And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love, letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. You know, we are meant to grow through the deepest experiences throughout our life and this is when we grow we don't grow this is like basic psychology so many of you already know that we grow through challenge and something that is dropped to your knees painful is an opportunity for us to go to the moon growth and that's where I encourage it's not about losing the love or leaving the love that you have for that person behind. That's a completely different thing than the grief that you feel. Post-traumatic growth. Yeah. yeah. Post-traumatic growth. It's becoming a more understood term that, and there's a choice in that, right? Mm. And I think this, you even said it actually, when you were talking about your experience um, is that you were, there were lessons going through the experience. Like when, when those of us who are aware that post-traumatic growth is a thing that we grow through our challenges, often when we're in a difficult situation or it's still fresh, we're, we're asking ourselves the question, like, where am I learning from this? Like, where is the growth in this? Even though we may not want to like at that moment in time, like we don't want to find the growth. We don't want to look for it, but it's this awareness that, that it's part of that human experience, part of the journey. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I had a, a moment there where you were just talking about being trapped in, in grief and not being able to move through that emotion, you know, it kind of brings me back to, you know, having a couple of miscarriages and how I don't wish that on anyone. And I also don't wish it had been different for me because from those experiences is where I was able to grow. And really for me, understanding gratitude and the the true power of gratitude Yes, completely. Yeah. I practice gratitude every single day. It is a lifesaver. It's a lifeline for me. Um, Because of course, we know the positive mindset behind gratitude. And and then how it can ease the physiology within our body. So grief does come with a lot of anxiety. It comes with, you know, a lot of different emotions. There's, you know, a whole bag of, of ugliness that can be part of it. There's low bandwidth 
as far as coping. There, there can be anger, there can be rage. Um, it's not necessarily don't take it personally if someone who's grieving <laughs> gets angry. Um, and I, you know, I just encourage people to recognize that part of the planet the, the anger that's on the planet right now is because there's so many people grieving, grieving the loss of, um, you know, their way of life and their way of being. And then, you know, this whole uh, Ukraine situation, which is just so tragic, but people are grieving and we might not recognize the signs of grief, but a heavy sigh can be a sign of grief. Um, outbursts of anger where it takes you by surprise can be a sign of grief. Um, low coping mechanisms can be a sign of grief. So if you know you're experiencing some of these emotions that are rising up and you're like, where did that come from? Consider that you might be grieving. And so the solution is found in a different way. But gratitude will start to, you know, shift your mindset towards the things that you know, we are so um, privileged to have, and we can really use that word in a gratitude type of way. You know, we have food in the fridge, we might have a vehicle, gas in our vehicle, the sun is shining, you know, a flower comes up through the ground, we hear a child's laughter. We can go into some of the simplest things. And one of the um, sayings that always stuck with me was, if the only thing that you had in your life tomorrow were the things that you were grateful for today, what would those things be? Mm -hmm. And we can get down to the basics of being human and really be grateful for what we have, not for what we want. And I think this is, you know, part of the, um, the journey. Like I'm grateful that I was with Willis for 30 years. You know, he was such a beautiful person and we shared so much love. I really feel like it's a soul connection. Mm -hmm. And what I have changed um, being with him for 30 years, just because I could avoid this painful um, emotional state that I'm in right now. Well, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Right. So we can get back into just being grateful. I think acknowledging that the load of grief that the world is carrying right now is very heavy beyond the millions of people whose lives are lost to COVID like physical, like they're no longer here on this plane. But like you said, the loss of a life that we had, I think we're at the point now where it's, you know, well understood that there, there is no going back. There will never, it, it reminds me a little bit of you know, a, a world where we used to fly before 9-11 and the world in which you fly post 9-11, it never went back. It completely changed the way that we flew on an airplane, which doesn't even apply to the large majority of the world, but that was forever changed. That one moment in time forever changed the way that we experience air flight. Well, even if you just look at air transportation, you know, in a COVID world, I don't say post COVID world because in my, where I stand on a education, scientific epidemiology thing, like that doesn't, that this is not going to exist. It will either, you know, there's a lot going on that I'm not going to get into on this, but you know, there's the world is never going to go back. And this lack of acknowledging of grief, I think is holding a lot of people in anger or frustration, and they're just not aware of it. 
So I'm glad you brought that up because someone listening right now is like, she's talking about me, right? So what does that person do? So that person who just went, Adele, that's me. Like I am really angry and frustrated. It comes out of nowhere. What do you tell that person? Well, it is, there is hope (laughs) that uh, emotions are simply trapped energy. And so if we consider even the, you know, if we look at scientist Robert Lanza, who's compared to Einstein, he's probably one of the leading scientists in the world right now. And he has converted some of quantum physics theories that were inconsistent as far as, um, you know, time and space. And so we know now time and space don't exist. And we can get into that makes life and death um, not, not existing, but eternal. And he talks about the um, even the cadaver. If we want to talk about what do we do with um, energy, shifting energy? Well, we're complete energy. Even our bodies um, that are, you know, post-death, that that stark reality when we think someone has gone somewhere we say oh they're not they're gone so what is it that that is gone um because we could chop off our arms and our legs and we'd still be us and so you know how much can we remove of the physical body before we're not us anymore we can get into the the reality of consciousness and awareness but um there was an interesting little conversation that i was listening to on an audiobook and um talking about just energy in general and the bioplasma of a human body, an average size cadaver has enough bioplasmic energy to light all of the light bulbs in the U S for two and a half years. And so when we think of ourselves as just, you know, this flesh and bone existence and, you know, for all the people that have gone, I, I truly believe in the science supports that life is eternal. So yes, there's no longer the physical aspect of them being here, but there's so much evidence that there's something beyond what we see at first glance. And that's a scientific, um, you know, the research is in, and there's 50 years of resuscitation research of near-death experience research, and now biocentrism, where we know that there's so many tools that human beings use to make sense of their world, and time and space is one of those, and life and death is another, but they're simply tools for us to use, and they're not necessarily used in, um, in a way that makes sense of eternity. Okay. I have a few questions. <laughs> so, um, what was the name of the author of that book that you mentioned? So he's a scientist. His yeah, name scientist. is Dr. Robert Lanza. Okay. And he um, switched out quantum um, theory. Mm-hmm. He took the physics out of it and put biology into the equations. And so then everything worked. And so he has um, a science form that's called biocentrism. I was going to ask you what that meant. I was like, what is biocentrism? Okay. Not something I've heard before. So please explain that. Yeah. As best you can. Well, yeah, I, I, I believe that it's using biology mm-hmm. as the fundamental building block and then recognizing that, um, you know, it's everything is energy. Yeah. Yes. So okay. I have a few, few articles that I wrote about it. Um, I'm not an expert, so it's it's a new field for me to understand. Mm-hmm. 
but it certainly gives us a lot of information about, um, you know, even Einstein said it long ago that, you know, it's just life and death is simply a, um, a persistent illusion for us. And then um, Robert Lanza says that there is no time and space. So there is no life or death. It's simply um, eternal. And, and so we, we use these old belief systems mm -hmm. and sometimes get trapped in it. And then within that, we get trapped in the pain of our grief because we don't see that person. We can't hold their hand or share a meal. And yet, you know, there's so much more um, if we choose to lean into that. And there's a great Netflix series out right now. It's called Tyler Henry, Life After Death. Yeah. He's just this young guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's so sweet. And he's a medium. And, you know, he gets dropped into um, homes where he doesn't know who these people are. He doesn't know who he's going to meet. Knows nothing absolutely about them, but he's able to communicate with um, beings on the other side of, you know, maybe it's just a, a different plane of existence. And um, and so, you know, I encourage people if you are struggling with your grief to um, encourage the wonder within your belief systems. And, you know, what is the difference between us sort of being in a day of frustration and looking at our computer to going outside and watching the sunrise or watching a sunset, right? All of a sudden we have this internal, just this feeling of wonder that we're so much more connected. And we find that in nature a lot. Yeah. And so if you are grieving, I would encourage you to um, just be curious about why you feel the way you do when you are, you know, gazing at the infiniteness of, I can see your beautiful sunrises behind you. Because <laughs> it's your thing, right? It is my thing. You yeah. are correct. Um, it's so interesting. You mentioned life after death. I started watching that on Netflix as well. And I, I really... It's so wonderful. And because I've also had a near-death experience, it's easier for me to just totally be like, yep, that's exactly totally what he's doing is totally possible and real and it's happening. Um, and I think that does help. But like there's something you said there, which is a lot of how I don't remember where I had heard this before, but you know, that we are all energy, we are beings of energy, and within this vast universe that we have, you know energy cannot be created or destroyed. It is simply changed into an other form. And so the, the way that I think of it is that, you know, our, we don't, our form doesn't, our form might go right now, but the essence of us, the essence, that spirit, that soul remains. And there are lots of different ways that I think about that for sure. Um, I lean on a lot of what, you know, Wayne Dyer's teachings. I really enjoy his work very much. Um, as well as just, um, you know, some of my own experiences as well, having kind of seen what happens a little bit on the other side or my own connection through at the time, which was a connection where, um, you know, Jesus came to me in, in my experience, which is, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned, it's like, look at your own belief systems and how that is serving or maybe not serving you in the way that you're looking at grief or loss, or what happens when we die, or our energetic body. And maybe that belief isn't serving you, right? Mm -hmm. That's possible. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think everyone, you know, knows body, mind, and soul. Well, what exactly does that mean? And what does it mean if we're not going to, I guess, feeling incomplete in that area? Mm-hmm. So what is your, what does, what part of your soul is not connecting to your life right now? Are we just body, mind? <laughs> you know, yeah. we always talk about the trilogy, body, mind, and soul. So yeah. Um, what part of your spirituality might be unplugged and it can be different than religion and those beliefs from, you know, different theology, but you know, the spiritualness of just being human, the wonder of it and take it from there. Well, and this connectedness to nature as well. So, um, you know, Wayne Dyer explains this analogy and I don't know if it was his idea or where it came from, but about the pie, right? So when you have a a complete pie and then you take a slice from that pie, no matter how small it is, it's still pie. And so we are made of the stuff of the universe, right? We are a collection of atoms and molecules and elements that come from the universe. So then how are we not part of it? How is, does the universe not live within ourselves as well? Because we are still, the pie is still the pie. We are simply a very small, we could be a crumb Mm -hmm. and yet we are still the pie. So when he explained it in that way for me, it really helped me to understand my personal connection to the, the vast incredible universe that is, which means that in my mind, all humans are connected energetically in a way. And like you said, you're going to the beach and watching a sunrise. It does remind me, it reminds me that this sunrise, it's not happening for me, but it is like this beautiful shared human experience where at any moment in time, you know, so many of us are connected through just watching the sun do what it does without asking questions yeah within biocentrism they understand that you know the universe is intelligent (laughs) that they went through in in one of the chapters i i just have loved this book and he's got a great sense of humor but he's he says like if if you tried the coincidence of creating planet earth with the moon moving in a certain trajectory and the sun moving around that and all the different aspects of what it takes to have life on the planet, the probability doesn't exist. (laughs) And so the fact that the universe is actually conscious and intelligent and that we're a part of it. And, and it was interesting, the pie um, metaphor that you used and, and um, getting back to this idea of, you know, we are energy. And again, he gave the metaphor of, again, you talked about the molecules, the quarks, the, you know, the atoms within, and then the space that is between the space of those, which we hear Dr. Dispenza talk about that. And, um, and he said, if you break that cadaver down into the, you know, the black space that's between the atoms and the molecules, the amount of physical biomass is um, too small to even see with a microscope. So literally, like we see this collection of, of who we we look like in the mirror or the desk in front of us or the computer that we're using. And they say, you know, it's just an illusion. Yeah. We're really creating, um, you know, things for a period of time. And, and But really it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust. 
and, and, you know, back to the earth, we shall go and these old, old sayings, well, what do they actually mean? You know, what do they actually mean? And then, you know, we can understand this, maybe the simplicity of life that we agree that, um, you know, we're here in this form for a period of time and, and then we're something else. And why should we, you know, have that stark, um, I had another analogy of, you know, everything in life is the circle. (laughs) And then we think of life and death as this flat line. It's like, you know, the circle of life, the circle of whatever. And then all of a sudden we have this belief of this stop line. It it just doesn't make sense in so many ways, but um, it did give me comfort once I made that deep spiritual connection with Willis on the other side and really embodied my own spirituality. I embodied peace. And I'm not saying that I'm not still traveling through what I call first and casseroles, (laughs) but um, I am nowhere struggling like I was struggling in the beginning. And I, and I pay homage and am grateful for um, the spiritual tools that I was able to gather and utilize every single day to bring myself back into feeling whole again. Adele, I adore you. I thank you for your bravery to speak. I, your energy is, it is very, infectious in a good way of just this hopefulness and this, um, this ability to move through grief and acknowledge that again, you're still in it and you're still in the first, you know, the casserole has not yet been a year since you lost him. Um, but you have come back and are working with clients in different ways. So tell me a little bit about how you are working with clients, how you're showing up these days to serve, um, your community. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you a link if people do want to come for a rainbow energy session. This is actually showing them how um, energy in the form of an emotion can be shifted and transformed into what I call rocket fuel to fuel the life of joy. So we're um, shifting that energy and liberating the joy within you. And this is why we feel so exhausted with grief because a lot of our energy is tied up in that emotion and it's, and it it's heavy. As we know, it's hard to get out of bed. So this is, this is where my uh, work is organically transferred because people were like, Oh my God, I have an aunt that just lost her, her husband, or, you know, I have a, a friend whose daughter is just not thriving after losing her mother, you know, can she see you? So yes, I'm working one-on-one with clients. I'm just about to launch what I'm calling firsts and casseroles, (laughs) heal your heart, nourish your soul. And this will be a, a program, a group program that people will be able to go through all of their firsts. So it'll be once to twice a month. Um, depending on how that rolls out, but watch for it. I think it'll be great. It's going to support people through those, you know, the birthdays, the anniversaries, the family events, the seasonal celebrations, which can drop you to your knees. And we just don't want you to live there. So it's like throwing you a life buoy and allowing you to come up for air and feel like you're going to be okay. And it's okay to feel joy. And it's okay to not be okay, but just don't 
it's not a lifestyle, right? So we want, we want you to, you know, be back in your life and thinking about the future that's ahead of you, because that's where your loved one would want you to be, right? And just to realize that um, there are support systems out for you, out there for you, and to please reach out. And is what is your website? Well, I'm going to give you just a link. Oh, a link. Okay. Website is being revamped. Rebuilt. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. Yeah. And but we can also find you on social media too. Totally. Or, yeah. Yeah. Facebook. And those links, I believe you have, and I'll resend them. So I'm on Facebook. I, I did blog my experience of okay. using Willis and lots of people have um, found some relief in those, just putting into words what it feels like to have these catastrophic losses yeah. and then how to, how to rise um, out of that deep emotional state. Thank you, Adele. Yes, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for what you shared with us today and, you know, to our listeners who thank you for honoring this time with us. And hopefully there are some of the things that Adele shared today that have piqued your curiosity and are inviting you. I feel like this is a real invitation Adele to explore not only grief and gratitude, but also different ways of thinking about what happens after death and our existence here. I, there's just a lot of beautiful ways that you are inviting people to uh, just do some exploration. So thank you very much. I'm so grateful for you and so glad that you said yes to coming back to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm very grateful as well. I'm grateful to share. I'm grateful to help. And I just think it's a conversation that is often left un unhad or unsaid and yet it's so valuable because we're all moving through you know the ups and downs of life and then what do we do with it thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast i appreciate you if you're not already following us on your favorite app make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode if you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.